Halleluja. I'm still singing on the inside. In fact, it goes on day and night. My life is a musical. And it's lovely. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? <laughs> My kids laugh at me too because I've always got a song for everything. But the Holy Ghost is good and he's reminding us. He loves to remind us how much he loves us. He loves to speak to us in so many different ways. Who enjoyed Brian and Candace Simmons' visit? Oh, yeah. Yay! They were just beautiful. I've been enjoying his translation and just uh, feasting on the Word of God. I'm really looking forward to when Romans comes out. I've been... Uh, just enjoying reading through Romans this week in, in other translations. And God is so good, isn't he? He's so good. Do we have anyone with that 90-second testimony of something great that's happened this week that God's done for you? I want to hear some of what the Lord's been doing. I know uh, God's just been moving with such power. It's been a delight to watch. You know, lovers are, are full of the joy of the Lord, and they, they just be fruitful. So did we have a, a 90 second testimony? Someone got a testimony? 90 seconds. Now one of my patients came in and said, uh, the Lord's really been revealing to me about, about praise and I just get praise and just like Catherine just said, I've always got a soul in my heart. She said, it's amazing. It's a whole new world. I haven't used drugs for two weeks. This is the first time in about 20 years and, and it's just a whole new world. So I played some of the Carrie Job songs for her and she said, oh, oh, I'm going to do my praise. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Reese is actually, he's such an amazing man. He's, he's one of the pioneers actually in, in, the, in medicine, in um, really developing things for drug addicts to be set free. It's just, it's just extraordinary what God's, isn't it wonderful? How, how God moves and uh, raises up people in the, in the different mountains of influence. And we're so proud of you. Hallelujah. And all that God's... He's, got, he's one of our greatest evangelists too. He's always got people bringing him in. Forget someone else. 90 seconds. Testimony. Something good. Come on, Kim. Give her a hand. Come on. Um, this happened at Outbreak, so it's not really during the week, but it was a week ago. So um, I brought one of my young friends... Um, from, I've just known her, I've grown up with her, um, to Outbreak for the first time. And for years, she didn't really let on, but for years she had this illness that the doctors um, said that was like incurable and she'd have um, pain in her body the whole time, like in her, in her shoulder, in her arm, just everywhere. Um, and Joel, like the whole night, it was just about the love of God. No one prayed for her, but healing was just breaking out. And she, I was driving home and I was like, how did you feel? Like, how, like, how was tonight? And she was like, well, tonight's the first night I haven't been in pain for 10 years. And I was like, and no one even prayed for her. So I thought that was amazing. But yeah. That's awesome. Anybody else? 90 seconds. We've been, uh, as a church, praying for a band by the name of Louie. And anyway, I was there the other day talking to him and he told me that he's eyesight has been healed his ears have been healed and his liver's been healed and so he's had an extensive amount of healing in his body there's still a little bit to go but he's really like just glowing in the dark with joy because he's had such a breakthrough in his body and so i just want to give glory to god for that thank you jesus hallelujah anybody else 90 seconds come on 
Um, I had a really lovely time with some of my girlfriends the other night and I just really wanted to encourage you all to spend um, purposeful and meaningful time together, spurring each other on and fellowshipping together and it doesn't have to be like super spiritual or anything but just spending time together and encouraging each other is so um, like healthy for your heart and so yeah, that's all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think, come on. Like popcorn, it's da- the heat, the pressure, the, the the glory gets turned up and it starts to pop. Oh, I have to give him praise. <laughs> Actually, I want to give praise for Wayne and Sharon's 32nd anniversary this week. It was on Thursday, so that's and he's still talking about love and and hotness on Facebook. It's just so good, man. <laughs> that's so lovely. Hallelujah. Well, we are just excited at what God's doing. Um, I'm getting getting so excited to. Um, getting closer and closer to the release of my book, which is just still, I'm still spinning, uh, shaking my head in amazement at how the Holy Spirit is just uh, amazing what he's doing. Charisma releasing that book in August. And so I'm really excited about what the Holy Spirit's going to do. I mean, it was amazing. I didn't even have to pr- uh, go after a publisher. They approached me. They gave me money. And, and um, they're doing all the work. It's like, go, Jesus. So, uh, yeah, we're so grateful. God is so good, isn't he? I put on Facebook this week a little scripture from, um, from the Passion Translation. And my own brother, um, who's just a couple of years younger than me, hasn't been, hasn't been uh, saved, hasn't been walking with the Lord at all. In fact, has not been um, interested very much in, in Christianity. All of a sudden, he, he's, he writes, I so needed to hear this and I so needed to read this today. Thanks so much. I thought, oh. But you know, the Holy Ghost is hovering over this city. We've been praying for it and it's happening. Hallelujah. The fish are jumping into the boat. And so I want to encourage you to be aware of the times and the seasons. God is moving. And it doesn't ha- you don't have to feel like you've got it all. You just got to recognize, woohoo. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And therefore, hallelujah, he wants to flow through me. We live out of knowing that he loves us, leaning into him and recognizing his great love and letting him flow through us. And uh, we were, went down to this pastor's thing on Wednesday. And as, as Leif Hetland was preaching, I saw, I saw a vision actually of myself go and just pray for his back. And it, God gave me keys to go and turn in his back. I thought that was a really strange vision. Then it turned out I uh, ended up spending the afternoon with him, with the team, and, um, and I asked him where, where his pain was. He'd been in pain for 10, 12 years from uh, having a back and neck, his ne- back and his neck broken and had terrible pain and um, couldn't resist it after a while. I said, can I, can I pray? And so we all prayed and he was healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that was very fun. And he wants to come here next time, so that will be very fun too, because I really liked him. We speak the same language, found a Norwegian brother. Hallelujah. Well, I want to read to you some of what I've been reading. Who's been enjoying their Bible? He's so good. God is so good. I'm just going to read here from Philippians chapter 2. This is the one that I was just looking at the other day. The scriptures are so good in that they know God comes and he speaks to us and he teaches about us about what he is like so that we can remember, ah, that's what I'm like. Hallelujah. So we recognize who we are. It says here, I'm reading from verse three. Actually, let's read from verse two. 
No, let's read from verse 1 because it's all good. Look at how much strength and encouragement you've found in your relationship with Jesus, our anointed Messiah. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. Everyone went, hooray. You've experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender care and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in total unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from controversial or pride-filled opinions, for they'll only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to your friends instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. And, you know, I've just been enjoying just reading and, 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 and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I love the way he puts it here. Uh, you have a, experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender care and mercy. Now, I love to get with God and I, love, I like to get outside with him. If it's really cold, I like to sit at the window with him and look outside because all of creation declares the glory of God. You know, I see birds flying and I take it personally. I feel like, God just loves me. (laughs) I see the sun shining and I take it personally. It's like, oh, that's so lovely, God. You are just lovely to do that. Anybody else have any idea what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Because when you, when you come into fellowship with God, you recognize that you are not some little person on the earth, but you are actually the most cherished son or daughter of the Most High, God. And that everything he's done, he's done because of love. Hallelujah. The more time you spend with him, the more your perspective changes. You recognize, oh, God. It's so good to be with you. I sit with him. I talk with him. I pray. I share my concerns with him. I I bring in my anxieties and my fears. And I expose my heart to him because I am safe with him. I can show him my very deepest fears. If there's any selfishness or if there's any, anything, I tell him how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. And he looks at me and he just comes with his light and his truth and he'll speak to me. And he'll say things like, you're kind. And it'll make me feel like, ah. Because he wants me to remember, this is who you really are. Even if you're feeling like this, even if you've done this, this is the truth of who you are. He comes and he convicts us of righteousness, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit, he convicts us and speaks to us and reminds us of who we are. And he causes our hearts to want to overflow in love for others. It's this love that unlocks us to be lovers, to be able to love others. You know, the scripture says in Romans chapter 5, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, his love is so unfair. It's so rich and it's so glorious. I go to God and I spend time with him. And instead of him being frustrated that I haven't spent more time with him, 
He's there just so happy to see me. And my heart goes, oh, I want to do this all the time. I just love to be with you, Jesus. Because his heart is to refresh your soul. He wants to make you lie down in green pastures and restore your soul. He wants to give you daily bread. He wants to feed you. He wants to help you. He says, I am your ever-present help in time of need. And the struggle that goes on in the spirit realm is simply designed to distract you from the glory that is your portion. In fact, he is your portion. He wants to come and so satisfy you, so encourage you, so refresh you, that you get filled up to overflowing. You get so full of the love of God that you can't help but be fruitful. Sometimes people take the grace message and they make you feel that they, they, they come out and they say, oh, oh, you don't have to do anything, you know. And I understand where they're getting, coming from. We don't have to do anything to receive this beautiful love, to be loved. While we were yet sinners, he loved me just the same. But the reality is, if you think that you're not going to be fruitful... You're not going to to love the lost. You're not going to do stuff because of his grace. And you really haven't actually experienced it. Because when you experience this overwhelming great kindness, you become the most fruitful person on the planet. I look at some of his, his lovers, people like Heidi Baker, people like Leif Hetland, They're just seeing millions of people come to Christ. But they're doing it out of a place of, ah, so good to be with you, Jesus. He comes, he restores our soul, he heals our bodies, he, he ministers life to our hearts so that when we get up, we can overflow. Now, the busier I get, the more time I need to be alone with Jesus. The temptation is in a busy world, and my world's pretty busy. It's getting, seems to be getting busier. I wake up, and there's always so many emails and so many messages, and I sometimes feel like, oh, God, you know, every time I get a spare minute, I feel like I should be answering more messages and answering more messages. And, but I've learned, yes, that stuff's important, but the busier I'm becoming, the more vigilant and militant I need to get about my time with Jesus. I saw a phone call come in today, and, and I had to say, I'm sorry, I'm with somebody. And I was. It was much more important than even, even anybody. Hallelujah. Because if I don't make it a priority to really experience on a daily basis The love of God that not only sustains me, but overwhelms me and overflows me. Then I'm going to live like a car trying to run on petrol fumes. The Spirit of God so wants to refresh and encourage you that you're able to be more fruitful than you ever imagined. And in fact, God wants you to dream with him. He wants to take you to dream bigger dreams. You think, well, I haven't got time to spend with God. God not only wants you to, to, to uh, spend time with him, it's out of that time and intimacy with him that he wants you to dream to do far more than you've ever thought of. You think you're busy now? God's got such amazing plans for you, but his ways are higher than our ways.
His thoughts are higher, and he's got wonderful ways to do it. Hallelujah. In fact, the more time I spend with God, the more he, the more he releases me to, to be fruitful and touch more people. That's what's happened with this book. You know, everybody kept prophesying for five years. I'm supposed to write this book, write this book, write this book. I was like, oh, it takes so much time to write a book. I'm so busy. Finally, get this book written. Then charisma comes and says, now let us take it and put it all over the world for you. Okay, God, your ways are higher. Hallelujah. In fact, so spending time with God, being intimate with him, you think, well, I'm not getting to this person and this person and this person. He goes, you're thinking peanuts. I want to get to the whole world through you. Hallelujah. What do you want to do, your way or my way? He's very smart. In fact, God has got some wonderful plans for you. And his delight is that you would come to a place where you are so satisfied that you would lo- you'd, rather, you'd rather be alone with him than doing anything else. And when you get to that place, like in worship, so often, oh, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to stay here. When you get to that place where you don't care whether you speak, you don't care, what, you don't care about anything other than him, you get to that place where you delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. He puts desires, implants them in you and gets you to say, now come on, dream with me. I, I love the way the Passion Translation has it here. You can have a look. It's um, here in uh, Philippians 2. Hallelujah. Ha, Shande. Says verse 13 God is the one who will continually revitalize you. That's good. Mm-mm. If you want it, that's the reality of it. If you want it, this is what he, he's got for you. He wants to continually revitalize you, implanting within you the desire and the passion to see your longings fulfilled. And that God himself comes and he wants to implant in you his dreams and his desires. You know, as you get to a place where you just learn to enjoy Jesus, this is so worth it, sitting at my bedroom window just loving on you, just enjoying you, Jesus, not even worrying about whether I'm praying well enough or not, but just just enjoying him, letting him lead me as I intercede, letting him lead me as I pray, then he wants to take time to implant in my heart his dreams and his visions. I remember one day I was ministering in England and I had a day off and we went and it was a lovely sunny day, which is unusual in England. Hallelujah. No. Yes, it is. (laughs) And we went for a walk, and I was just enjoying God. Oh, this is so lovely. We went and saw an old abbey, an old English cathedral. At, that, at this point, I'd only ever preached. Oh, it's my first ministry trip to the U- UK, and I was ministering in a little Baptist church. It was beautiful what God was doing. And so on this day off, we went, and we went for a walk and saw this old abbey, Anglican cathedral. I walked into the cathedral, and I was just full. My heart was full. Ah, oh, love you, Jesus. Oh, so good to be out with you today. Walked into this cathedral and my heart started to burn. Oh, God. 
Oh, Jesus, I'd really love just to see your love released in these churches, Jesus, you know, because they love God and God's moving and I was seeing. And so out of my heart, just a longing just popped up. And I said, God, I'd really like to preach in the cathedrals in the UK. And I just said it. And then I turned around to my friend who knows me very well, Sheila Williams, and I said, I'm going to preach in the cathedrals in England. And she goes, yes, you are. Six months later, I had invitations to go and preach in the cathedrals in the UK. Hallelujah. It's really funny. Now, you might think this is strange, but like... um, you, not you, thought it was you, not you, few of you, y'all, <laughs> went overseas and then went on that revival um, cruise, Are they, what is it, catch the wave cruise and um, while they were on that cruise, we had a family holiday and for the first time we went on a cruise and it was so lovely and as I was sitting there and I was thinking about them having their catch the wave cruise, and, and thinking, oh, that's so awesome. I just went, I'd love to preach on a cruise. Within a month, I had an invitation. You go, what's that all about? You, look, I'm not, I'm not saying this to boast. I want you to know that as you delight yourself in the Lord, he implants desires in your heart. And as you begin to just verbalize it and speak it and just, yay, Yes, God, thank you, Lord. And just begin to declare that his dreams are far bigger than your dreams and he's beginning to show it to them. If you'll steward what he pops in there, he'll give you more. I dare you to believe it. You know, the Holy Spirit so wants to rapture your heart. He wants to sing over you. He wants to minister to you. But there's many times, you know, that we begin to get overwhelmed with life. We begin to, and it happens. It even happened to Jesus, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was really feeling overwhelmed with what was happening tomorrow. God understands us. He doesn't judge us for where we are. You know, I read through the Psalms and you can hear the heart of the psalmist feeling like, God, there's enemies surrounding me. There's this going on. There's that going on. I love the way the Passion Translation translates Psalm 38. My tears are liquid words and you can read them all. He understands us when when we're going through situations, but he's saying, I want to continually revitalize your heart. I know where you are. I know what you're going through. I know your pain. I know your fears. And if you'll bring them to me, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You see, the result of being honest with God, of having a relationship that you take advantage of, is that you don't have to live with dread or fear. You know, I went through some things that just made me sometimes not even be able to enjoy good things when they happened because of the fear in the, in the inside. I wonder what, what bad things around the corner. It's like a dread that tries to steal your joy. So I just took it to God going, this is, I don't think this is healthy. (laughs) I don't think this is good. I don't think this is like you. So God, feeling this, and he comes and he just, all he has to do is smile. Ah, And he delivers me from all my fear. 
the darkest places of my heart where I'm concerned about my motivation or I feel like I'm this or I'm not doing well or I'm, you know, something's ugly about my heart or my personality. I bring it to him and he looks at me and he smiles. He breathes his life and he refreshes my heart and he restores my soul and he shows me truth and he reveals things to me. Hallelujah. If I'm, if I'm getting off track, he's so gracious in that in his light, I begin to recognize it and go, ah, God, that doesn't line up with you. As I read the word of God, walking with him, talking with him, I, I read the word of God in him. And so the Holy Spirit is showing me things. And if my heart recognizes, ah, God, This is what you're calling to me, a life of selflessness, to love like you love. You loved me while I was yet a sinner. Oh, God, I recognize I've actually been judgmental toward that person. And I I get so grateful. Oh, God, thank you for helping me see that. How long have I lived like that? Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you've set me free to be like you. Hallelujah. You see, in his light, there's not condemnation when you recognize failure, when you recognize that you're not measuring up. You get delighted and joyful because you go, oh, thank you, God, that I see now. Hooray for the light. Hooray for the word of God. Hallelujah. That comes and he straightens us out in the most wonderful way. That reminds us, he says, we behold him as in a mirror. So we look at him and we remember, oh, Oh, actually, that's who my father is, and that's who I am. Hallelujah. So we, we come out of that time with a sense of incredible privilege, where we don't leave God, we don't visit him, but he and I, we live together, we move together. But you know, even in a relationship, I, you know, I've been married to Tom for 22 years, and that's just been a delight. But if we get busy and we're just you know, just existing together, doing what needs to be done. I mean, it's end of year and so Tom's got all these accounts he's got to do and I'm busy with this and this and this. We have to be deliberate to take time. Okay, we need to take time not to talk about anything serious because we've got something serious to talk about, just to enjoy each other's company. Tell me what's going on, you know, to spend time fellowshipping. And it's the same with the Lord. We live with him all the time. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But he wants to actually dream with you. You know, we've got the most beautiful staff. Oh, we're so blessed. I'm so blessed. I have to think about that and I get happy. Oh, it's just lovely. They're just delightful. Make my heart happy. This is such a beautiful unity and a delight. And, but we have staff meetings on Mondays and we've got things we've got to get through. But it's always fun. We eat together and we enjoy each other's company. But there's stuff to get through. There's a lot to be done. So we need to also take extra time to dream together. You know, I need, I've had to have another meeting time with Joel so that we can just like, let's just dream Let's just dream about what God might be doing. What are sort of some of the things that God's coming up? Or I'll talk to the staff and just say, now, what's, what's God bubbling up? And instead of me having to come up with all the ideas to tell them what to do, this incredible team is doing more than I could possibly pay them to do because they're so excited. Warren, Warren turns up on my doorstep. I, I, I just thought I'd come get the bus. I might go and pick up some people. I might get, it's like, I love my team. I, I asked Joel, you know, what, what are you doing? And, I don't, I don't ask him very much because he's just doing so much. 
But he's out having barbecues with the, with the lost and out there, you know, making friends with new people to try and uh, help them recognize that God loves them, just to, to minister the love of God. You know, lovers do far more than servants. And because we spend time as a team just enjoying each other's company, just allowing the Holy Spirit to show us what are the longings that you're putting in each one of their hearts, that's the language of the Spirit and that's what's going to work. Rather than like, this church is doing that, we need to do that. Let's do that, make that happen, make that, you know, that's too much work for me. And I don't think they'd enjoy it very much either. But God, when we allow him to reveal the desires of our hearts, he's so smart. Hallelujah. He's so smart. It's wonderful. We had all these things going on, all these things happening. And it's not because they're obligated to do it, but because God's put it in their heart and they're just doing it. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's like that with us. You know, I used to feel like, I used to be a very driven person, very, con- very concerned that I was never quite doing enough for Jesus, never quite pleasing him. When I'd get alone with him, I'd be thinking, you know, what do you want to fix? What do you want to sort out? I remember going out to, um, I was a high school teacher and we had a, I, I managed to get a, a job after working in the, in the state system for a little while, got a job at a Christian school. And they did an orientation where they sent the staff away for 15 minutes with a piece of paper and a pen to go and write down what God was saying to them. So I took my pa- paper and my pen and went, okay, God, talk to me. You know, I'm, I'm ready. I can handle it. Just tell me what you need to sort out. Fix me. Come on, talk to me. And he says, I love you. Seriously, come on, like, talk to me. I love you. My God, you know, I'm, I'm open. I'm really open. I'm, I, I just, I, I'm, I can handle it. Tell me, talk to me. You know, I really want to, I want to be good. I want to please you, Jesus. Talk to me. I love you. I, I was just, I walked back to the, the room knowing they were going to go around the circle and do the what did God say to you thing. I felt like, great, you know, I got three words in 15 minutes. Because I was so driven, I didn't understand. I didn't understand really who he was. He wasn't like me. He wasn't judgmental. He wasn't critical. He didn't backbite or or judge me. He doesn't look at me and and think, oh, I just can't wait for her to open her heart so I can get in there and just tell her how rotten she is or what she needs to sort out. He comes with his kindness because the goodness and kindness of God leads us to repentance. You see, when he tells me, I love you, you're beautiful, you're kind, you make my heart happy. When I know full well that I haven't been demonstrating selflessness or demonstrating this, My heart just melts and goes, oh, Jesus, you're so lovely. And I'm transformed into his image and empowered to be like him. Hallelujah. We don't, with this message, we don't take the message out to the world and look at them and, and, and with a judgmental attitude and say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. But oftentimes, if you are feeling that way about yourself or thinking that God is speaking to you that way all the time, when you minister or reach out to anybody else, it's going to come out. Because what you behold is what you become. If you're beholding a distorted picture of who God is, 
you model yourself after that picture. If you think God is always up there trying to correct you, sort you out, fix you, then you are always going to be out there trying to sort people out, correct them and fix them. You're going to be out there trying to whitewash graves. That's what it looked like under the law. Do this, do that, fix that, sort that out. God came here. I've got, this is what's going to sum it all up, sort it all out. Love me with all your heart. Do that and then you'll love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love yourself? Do you feel like you are not quite measuring up? Then you're going to love others that way. That's what they're going to feel when you go trying to release the love of God. If you feel about yourself that I'm a, I'm a rotten person or I'm selfish or I'm, I'm, I'm not quite right or I'm not, not free from fear or I'm not free from this, then that's how you're going to love others, with a limit and with a distortion. So God wants to make you lie down in green pastures, let you see the birds fly and say, hey, (laughs) I just wanted you to see that because I love you. He wants to so lavish love on you until your heart cracks and you can't handle it anymore and you go, okay, I just believe you. Oh, he thinks I'm lovely. In fact, I'm a daughter of the most high God. He calls me royalty. So the next person I see, instead of looking at them like, you need to sort that out, you need to fix that, you need to stop doing that, you need to... I look at them and I go, oh, did you see that? Did you see that bird? Is it beautiful? Oh, look, you're so lovely. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. I used to try so hard to get souls saved by my, my dad, who I love. We'd go and visit him on holidays because mum and dad were uh, divorced when I was very young. And I, I loved him. He's, he's a doctor and I was so proud of him. But, you know, he wasn't saved and I was always trying to get him saved and telling him, Dad, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't stop smoking. You know, you, you've got to get saved. You've got to go to hell. And he'd be like, <laughs> I was very sincere. But you see, that's still how I thought God was speaking to me. But God's love for us is what undoes us. As I've begun to understand his heart for us, his, the way that he speaks to us, it's like, I love the way that Brian talks about us being the poetry of God. That his word, when we read it, is not to condemn us. I just love that our brother got up and read uh, Romans 8 like that. The heart of God is not to condemn us because if God himself came so that you wouldn't be condemned, who's going to condemn you? God is for me. Who can be against me? Like I got the boss, the big guy on my side. If he's for me, who can be against me? I tell you what, that's pretty good for casting out fear. Really not worried because... (laughs) 
He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. You know what happens? You start walking around in this cloud. Everybody wants to join you in the cloud. They get attracted like moths to a flame. You're going to hell. You need to stop smoking. It's not very attractive. I know, I know when I've said something or thought something or done something wrong. And I used to wait for God to come and tell me. But God doesn't come and point out my sin. The Holy Ghost in me knows full well when I sin. He comes and he lavishes love on me so that my heart goes, Oh God, I'm really sorry I did that. Hallelujah. I recognize, wow, he knows all about me and he cares so deeply for me. And he wants to bring me to a revelation that I'm not on the outside dealing with a God up there, but actually I'm inside him. Hallelujah. That he is continually embracing me, continually loving me so that his perfect love casts out fear, that his love, it constraineth me as the scriptures say. Hallelujah. And causes me to reflect what I am experiencing. Hallelujah. If you're experiencing pain in a situation, it's normal for, you, for people when they interact with you to feel your pain, to hear your pain, to see the hurt. But you know what? You can go through pain, you can go through hurt, and we are to grieve with those who grieve and mourn with those who mourn. But God doesn't want us to live out of our experiences with negative circumstances because there is a higher truth. Hallelujah. You might be experiencing stuff that you're going through, but God says that he wants to refresh and revitalize you. He wants to bring comfort for everything you're going through. In every single circumstance, there is the ability to have absolute joy and peace. It's available. In your presence, there is absolute joy, says in the NET. You need, to, you need to just live in the cloud. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Even when bad stuff's happening, it's available. But God alone knows how to fix your heart. He doesn't want to change you because he's already done that. He wants to come and bring truth to where you're believing lies. He wants to speak comfort. He wants to come and love you. He wants to come and refresh you. He wants to come and sing over you. He wants to remind you, this is who you are. This is what you look like. Most valuable one. One that was worth the most valuable prize of heaven. God himself came to die for you because you are that valuable. You start remembering that the next person you go to minister to, the next person you go to to tell about Jesus, you're going to look at them just as God looks like you because he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, love yourself. 
<laughs> you turn to the other person and say, you're lovable. <laughs> All the single guys are wishing they were with the right person right now. <laughs> Father, thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your anointing. You know, it takes time. In fact, it takes a continuous positioning of yourself to receive, to live in the cloud of his presence. Without taking time to let God love you, the lies of the enemy become more and more acceptable to us. It's only as we are continually fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, remembering that God is loving me, looking at him, hearing him speak, just feeling and experiencing his presence and his pleasure. God's pleasure is toward you. In fact, his love was toward you when you were still a sinner. So Why would you think when you go to him now that he hasn't got love and pleasure for you? His delight over you. He says, I rejoice over you with singing. You know what that looks like? It's like, oh, (laughs) so beautiful. God himself, he doesn't sing a song that should be sung that needs to be sung. Okay, I said I'd do this. Okay. He sings over you like you sing when you are spontaneously prompted to worship God when your heart goes, oh. That's how God sings over you. That's the word of God. It's the scripture. He sings over you. In fact, the Bible says he dances and he twirls. Have you ever seen anybody get really excited about some good news? What's it look like, Sarah? <laughs> you come to God and you go, I'm here, God. And God goes, no. <laughs> You're here. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to have I just can't wait to tell you the daily bread I've got for you today. Oh, come on. Let's read together. Let me, let me talk to you. Let me encourage you. Hallelujah. He says, come and ask me, come and ask me, give us this day our daily bread. I've got a gift for you today. Let me give it to you. Come and just ask for it. I've got it here for you. Bring me your fears. Come and talk to me about it. I want to help you process it. I want to help you understand it. I want you to, I want to lead you into revelation truth. Many of us got beautiful revelation this past week as Brian just spoke and brought out revelation truth. God wants to speak revelation truth to you every day so that your heart goes, whoa, it just sets me free. Hallelujah. We miss out when we get too busy to take full advantage of the bliss of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The bliss of fellowshipping with, with God through the Word of God. You know, I've got, I've got um, copies of that Passion Translation, and Tom and I, um, Tom, Tom will read at night time before we go to bed, and, and I'll read in the morning and through the day and just have snacks during the day as well as, 
you know, work through it. But I believe the word of God is, is God himself giving us gifts, revelation, life to encourage us through the day. If you'll take time to just sit with the Lord and let him heal your heart. Because every day the enemy's trying to throw attacks at you, giving you opportunity to be offended, giving you opportunity to get frustrated or condemned and then feel bad about yourself because you didn't spend time talk to God about that. You made a mess. I should have thought. I, should, I didn't even ask you about that. Oh, God, I'm so stupid. He goes, it's okay. It's a new day and I've got lots of things to tell you today. And if you want my help, I really want to help you. If you acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways, he will make your path straight. If you've got dread about what's about to happen, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I get sick? What if that I have an accident? What if this happens? He goes, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Instead of your fears, come to me, bring me your fears, and I will cause your face to shine with the joy of the Lord, and I will deliver you from all your fears. I used to think about the scripture, um, what I feared came upon me, and then I got afraid of fearing. I was like, oh, I'm afraid of that, that might come upon me, oh no. Anybody else understand what I'm talking about? He wants to deliver you right from the very root of all of it. The perfect love of God casts out fear so you don't have to be afraid. So you can actually live. You can expose to him the very deepest, darkest concern, the deepest, darkest worry. You can talk to him about it and he doesn't say, oh, I can't believe you're thinking that. Because he knows you and he's got the answer for you. He's just waiting for you to open up the gates so he, the king of glory, can come in. I want to light up. I've got so much glory to light up that little cupboard of darkness deep down there in your hole that I just want to show you the truth. Actually, I've got beautiful joy for you. You who are deeply afraid and your deepest fear, I want to come in there. If you just open up the doors, I'll, I'll bring in some lovely glory. Open up the gates and let the king of glory come in. You have the right to do it every day. Here, there, my gates are open, God. Come in, I want to fellowship with you. Feed me with the riches of your fare. I want, to, I, want to, I want to enjoy the banqueting table you've laid before me. Give us today our daily bread. I want to love you, God. What do I need? Sometimes I go to him and I tell him, Lord, what do I want? Because I, I can't even figure it out sometimes. So I ask him, what do I want? Very often he'll say, you want to be loved. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me do that. <laughs> oh, let him love you. Let him love you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. God, I pray that you'd come in with the power of your glory. We just come and... Just say this, I open up the gates. I open up the gates of my heart. And I say, King of glory, come in. Fill my heart. Hallelujah.